Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm glad to have you here with us this time. Tonight, after several delays, and then also, uh, th- my guest tonight, he's someone that I, I, when I when I first reached out to him to talk to him about coming on the show, he said, you know, I want I want to hit a milestone before I'm I'm ready to talk. You know, I want to I want to hit a, a a point in my journey where I feel like I'm ready to to start sharing. And we we've hit that point, so we're gonna let him talk about all of that tonight. And I'm just excited for you to meet uh, my guest tonight. His name is Frank Markasek. And Frank, uh, how you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Gormy. I am so glad to finally be on here on the Fat Guy Forum. Well, I'm definitely glad to have you uh, finally in the hot seat, man. And I'm going to start the same way I start every every journey we take on this show, and that's what the question. Frank, tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Well, I ever since I've been a kid, I've been overweight. I've dealt with numerous things and have had plenty of ups and downs plenty of struggles, a few triumphs, but ultimately weight has been such a big part of my life. And I hope that I can inspire and motivate people with my stories and what I have to say. So yeah, there's that. Definitely. Definitely. Well, well, I'm glad to, to dive into it, man. Take, take us back into it. Like you, when we were talking, you told me that you you don't really ever remember a time in your life when your weight wasn't having an impact or it wasn't something that was present. Like, where did it all where from as far as you can remember, where did it all start for you? Well, I mean, I'd say four, five, six years old. I mean, I remember kids would tease me about my weight. And for some reason, a few times in grade school, it really sticks in my head about the times where we would have public weigh-ins and would weigh in in front of the class. And of course, everybody else was fine with their weight, but there's me, the biggest guy in class. And when everybody saw my weight, there was some oohs and ahs and usually some insulting afterwards. So, uh, I, learned very quickly how to numb my pain from the insulting and the comments and the words people would say. And I would say it all started then. And isn't it amazing? Like how I, I don't even think they really do this anymore, but the fact, like I remember being a kid and, and the fact that it was like this public way in and they announced everyone's weight, like, it's like they were purposely setting up the bigger kids, you know, like, and especially I know for me, like I was the only big kid in my class. So it was almost like everyone was waiting to see what was going to hear when I got on that scale. Yeah, there, there was one time I could tell you in particular, I remember second grade and I weighed 120 pounds and a couple kids made some remarks and, you know, it is what it is, but there was one guy that kept calling me Yokozuna, Yokozuna. And and for anybody out there that doesn't know, Yokozuna used to be a professional wrestler who weighed over 600 pounds. So that hurt a lot. And uh, yeah, it definitely uh, made an impact even back then. And how do you think, like, did that, because I know for me, it was almost like a lot of, in a lot of ways, that that bullying or that teasing if anything drove me more towards food, like it, it, in, it compounded the issues. Like, do you think that continued like to grow for you? Like how, how did your relationship with food develop as, as a kid? Well, even, uh, being a chubby guy, I thought of myself as being athletic. I, I did like sports. I did like to go outside and, uh, hang out with friends and, uh, try to be as active as possible. But yeah, uh, oh shoot, I kind of lost where I was going there. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. You were talking about what it was like, you know, to be a, a chubby guy, and like you still considered yourself, you know, to be athletic, and so it wasn't necessarily something that was 
from your perspective that was holding, do you think it was something that you didn't think really was necessarily holding you back, but it was just more something that people would point out? Yes. People would point out to me that all the time with their jokes and whatnot. And, uh, I really didn't think it was a huge problem until I got to eighth grade and I was on the wrestling team and I was a heavyweight and I was able to fluctuate my weight if I wanted to from between 205 and 265. So I had a lot of free reign as far as how much I can eat compared to everybody else. And from that point forward, I would say that's when the big boom as far as the weight gain really happened. And look, to give it, paint, paint a picture for us, Frank, with like, were you the biggest kid in your family the biggest person in your family like were you were other family members overweight was it just kind of like were i you know what i'm saying like were you the unique one or was it like just was weight something that affected a lot of people in your family well weight was and it still is very big with my dad's side of the family there's been people that have had diabetes still have it and have uh had plenty of weight issues amongst uh, that side of the family. And food was a comfort and is a comfort for several of them, including me, for so long. And, uh, yeah, watching that and just thinking that it's okay for food to be the comfort, I just grow in, grew into those habits after, you know, after time. And did you keep wrestling throughout high school or was it something where your weight had just got kind of taken you beyond that? It was just a one year thing. And, uh, after, after that, I just didn't really care about a whole lot in high school and I became very lazy. I didn't want to do those activities outside or play basketball or whatnot. And, uh, yeah, my my weight my senior year ballooned from about 250 in eighth grade to 393 at the end of senior year. So there you, you, you left high school, you know, almost to four, at 400 pounds. What, where, where did your weight go from there? Like, where, where did life take you after high school? Like, did you go to school or, or were you out working? Like what, and, and how did that impact your, your, your weight, your journey with it? Well, I did attempt to go to junior college, but I had some mental barriers per se, and I was I was struggling with some certain people that were really getting to me, and with that, with the food, it, I was uh, really spiraling in a in a path that I didn't know if I could get out of even back then. And what did you, cause I know just from knowing a little bit of your story that you, you've had, you had some ups and downs with your weight. Like when did the first real kind of like diet come into play for you? It was Christmas Eve, 2006 and everybody had just gone home and I kind of was like, wow, wouldn't this be something if I finally got my shit together with my weight? And I uh, started to use the bench press, do, go on the treadmill, and slowly but surely, I was on my first big weight loss journey at the beginning of 2017. At the beginning of 2017 or 2007? Oh, 2007, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. I just want to make sure we're keeping the timeline straight for people. The people at home taking notes, Frank, you know, they're making, a, they're making graphs. They want, to, they want to pay attention to the details. So were, were you doing any, anything specific food-wise then, or had it, was it more you just started watching what you were eating and, and upping your activity and you, you saw your weight come down? Well, uh I was not handling food the way that I do now. That's for sure. I was starving myself. I was weightlifting a lot more. 
I didn't care about putting stuff into my body as long as I would lose weight. And uh, I know it's a crazy way of thinking, and uh, luckily I've gone out of those patterns. But yeah, that was uh, definitely didn't know I, what I was doing back then. That's for sure. And I and I think that's a natural thing. Like especially like there is. It's not like we're given a lot of education on on how to handle the, these situations. And so was was that the point in your journey where you went? I, I think I had seen that you'd gone from like 400 down into the 200s. Yeah, 400 to 265 in about seven months. Mm. Yeah, I really. So that was. Uh, a, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So that was a pretty dramatic change, pretty quickly. Like, how do you how do you feel that you handled that? Uh, well, considering it was the first weight loss that I ever had. It felt good at first. It was nice to get get compliments from people, but the mental side of it, I was still battling those demons every day. And every so often, I would binge, and then it would become from a daily thing to a weekly thing to a couple weeks to a month. And yeah, I just... <laughs> I wish I had a better relationship with food even then. Oh, I'm sure, man. And it was during, you know, over the next, what would you say? It was probably over the next four or five years that your weight started to, to really grow again, right? Like you started to really, um, you know, for lack of a better term, to balloon. Oh, yeah. I was extremely down on myself. I could barely drive. I was so out of it. It was it was like everything that was a part of my life before was just slowly being taken away from me and I felt like I was in a prison that I couldn't get out of. And it was scary. Really, really scary. Which I think is something people listening can relate to, like knowing because it's it's because I get that question, you know, no, people knowing that my, my weight at many points went up and down. Like, how do you get, you know, to that point where you're successful and then all of a sudden it all goes away again? Like, it's almost like they don't understand how, like you're saying, like, it, it becomes almost like you're trapped in that behavior. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And where, where, did, you, where did your weight, where was everything going for you then, man? The weight had ballooned all the way up to 498 pounds on January 2nd, 2012. I had went to a nutritionist at the uh, direction of my doctor, and uh, he gave me some advice on some stuff to do. And ultimately, I took a different route from that, but it was good to know how much I weighed at the time. And at least I had a base to where I could begin my second biggest weight loss, uh, which was, uh, yeah, 2012 slash 2013. And what was really the driving force for you then? Was it just things had felt so out of control that you didn't feel like you had a choice but to lose weight? Or was like, do you feel like there were other factors at play? Like, where was your head at during that time? Everything was out of control, and I didn't feel like anything was going my way, and that all that time that I had spent trying to lose that weight before was for nothing, because all it did was enhance my addiction for food, and I... So I mean, I talk if if you're okay with it, talk about that, man. Like, what what was it like to really kind of feel that addiction take take hold of you? And like, how do you how did you break out of that? Do you think like that time? Like, what was this next? You know, a, the, what was this next attempt like for you in terms of like trying to battle those forces that had just gotten stronger inside of you? I just remember a lot, uh, a lot of. Uh, drinking 40s 
and drinking, uh, eating a lot of double cheeseburgers and ga gambling and every destructive thing you can think of, I was trying to do to try to fulfill my life. But ultimately, it left me feeling empty. And I would just do it day after day after day after day. And I, when I got to that point when the second uh, big weight loss happened for me, I, I felt like I had to do it and I needed to do it. And if I didn't do it, then I was going to end up in a hospital very soon. And it's, it's, it's wild, man, isn't it, how those things that initially can bring us some comfort and pleasure just end up leading us into this worse, darker place that eventually you, it almost feels like you can't dig yourself out of. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Hmm. So you had this, this second kind of go around. Like, how did, that, how did that go for you? What was that like? It went very well. I had adopted, instead of doing all the weightlifting and uh, running on the treadmill, I started with a, a bunch of walking. Just walking and try to hit 10,000 steps a day and then increase from there. And as every day went by, the confidence grew and I really uh, was starting to see a breakthrough in my opinion i was adopting better habits with the food that i was eating and i was just trying to be a lot smarter than i was the first time around so it's good that you were you're obviously you know it's i think that's one of those things like we take lessons from each stage of our journey is even if we don't end up being as successful as we want to be but we still pick up different pieces and, and find the things that hurt us and the things that work for us. Like how, how much weight did you lose that, that time around, man? I went from 498 pounds to 345 pounds. And initially I lost the first 125 pounds in eight months, but then I gained some back in a few months and then lost the rest of the weight to get to that 345 at the beginning of 2013 up until, I'd say, May 2013. Mm -hmm. So you kind of had reached that point and were almost stable. Were you still trying to lose more then? Was it something that your things had stabilized or were there other kind of outside factors affecting what was going on? Well, the funny thing is like, for some reason, how I felt back then was when I would have a big goal, a weight loss goal, and I would achieve it, I, for some reason, would think it's over. And, and when I hit the 150-pound mark, I thought to myself, well, okay, uh, I did what I had to do. Not really thinking, oh, it's really a lifestyle change, not just get to your goal and that's it kind of thing. So it was more like you were, because I, I know that I hit that that point a lot, you know, myself at different points in my journey. Like you, it's almost like we we feel so good at that point that you you almost convince yourself, well, it's it's like you're you're cured of what you were, what your ills were before. Like you're you're able to you know, resume a quote unquote normal life. Yeah. And then, and then go back to the same patterns that happened before and mm. repeat the cycle again. For sure, man. And, and what, what do you think, like where, cause we're, we're kind of coming into like, I know there were some challenging things that happened in your life outside of your weight, you know, that had an impact on, you know, needing to turn to that comfort. Like, how do you, how do you think those things were affecting you at that time? Like, do you, did your weight start to go back up right away? Was it a gradual thing? Well, I would say the weight went up until uh, my dad passed away, November 2014. Uh, he had uh, tumors in his brain spine and uh 
yeah, he had a he had a fifteen month battle with cancer, and to witness that every day and to see this man, my hero, fight for his life was really taking its toll on me mm. and it's it's not like they have like a book for dummies on how to handle a parent having cancer so i mean it's just it, it was hard for me to turn to friends because they didn't understand it was hard for me to turn to a whole lot of family because most of them didn't understand so i would just drown my sorrows in alcohol and food and I, after he passed, uh, I had made a promise to him that I was going to quit smoking cigarettes. And I had smoked cigarettes for, let's say, over a decade leading up to that. And I quit smoking cigarettes uh, December 4th, 2014. And that was around the time that I began losing weight again. Not really focusing on numbers, but just focusing on doing and making sure that I was doing the right things and trying to make it as consistent as possible for myself. And it was going pretty well uh, up until uh, right before Easter of 2015, um, my mom had passed out outside of her work. Luckily, she was with a few friends of hers, and they were all on lunch break or whatnot, and I got a phone call, I remember, it was a Friday, and she said, Frank, don't worry, I'm in the hospital, and uh, of course, you know, what, what are you going to do at that point? I am worried. <laughs> no, I, in, in the back of my mind, I thought, oh man, what if this... <laughs> What if both of my parents are gone within like a five month five month window? So she had to be in the hospital for a few weeks, and ultimately had to have surgery to uh, repair an aortic valve. And uh, yeah, it took its toll on her for uh, for that, and it also took its toll on me because. Eventually, I crept back into the old habits and doing what I was doing before, and yeah, just just thinking, woe is me, woe is me, and having all this self pity and just eating and drinking my sorrows away again. Which I think makes sense, man. Like one, I'm I'm sorry you obviously I'm sorry you went through that with your dad. Like I can only imagine what it's like to watch someone fight that battle and then have to know. You know how do you how do you manage to fight your own battle when you're what you know you're watching that happen and then to hit that place again where you and he had stage okay. four cancer. I'm sorry to interrupt you. And he had no, stage sure. four cancer, and and pretty much from the very beginning, it was an uphill battle. That it was hard to have faith that everything was going to be okay because it seemed like he was doomed from the very beginning. Right, and. How do you face that information and then continue to say that everything's okay? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not realistic that you do that. And, and then not only to go through that, then have, you know, your mom have a health crisis. And when we, we haven't built up in our lives, like, well, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it, but like, when when we haven't really built up skills that help us deal with those crises besides food and besides, you know, alcohol and those behaviors, I think it's natural that you, you fall back into those patterns because you're really at that point, you know, coping with things that there's no other way to, for you to cope with it. Food uh, was, was the only way for me to understand it all, which really doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of sense now, but it, it, if if it's always been there for you, you're going to go back to it. And do you think, I mean, like, uh, just to, to dive into, like, the mindset during that time, because I think some people can relate to this, like, do you, was food something, did it kind of give you a baseline, or was it more you were eating to numb, like, eating and drinking to numb yourself, you think? Like, did it, did it give you the escape you needed from the reality of what was happening? 
definitely to escape the reality. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I miss my dad every day, every day. I, I can, I can always think of something throughout the day and then relate it to him. And it took a long time for me to quote unquote heal, but food was the big thing for me to cope with that pain. For sure. Because, I mean, let's be realistic. The, the food, you know, and I'm sure you weren't binging on salad, you know, has, uh-huh. that chemica- has that chemical effect on your brain. You know, it actually gives, you know, almost a drug-like response. So I, I think it makes sense that, like, the more the crisis became real externally, the more you, you turned, you know, internally to the thing that w- would give you, like, that numbness, give you that ability to kind of get through it and and cope and and survive as 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 crazy as i think that might sound to some people like i think sometimes especially when we deal with whether it's defined as a food addiction or not you know those behaviors allow us to survive different things that are happening that we're not able to process in any other way and where so that was you know 2015 man that you're you're back into those real patterns with with food and with alcohol like where where did things go for you from there they they continued to be pretty bad up until i would say january of 2017 i had begun to have a passion for food and cooking and i wanted to ultimately go to culinary school which i ended up going in October of 2017, and I had lost a little bit of weight. I, I, again, I didn't really check on a number. I just knew that I was just doing better things, and yeah, I uh, was uh, yeah, I was I was doing those things until I went there, and then ultimately. In culinary school, I uh, those food addiction cravings really enhanced then, and yeah, it was another uh, spiraling uh, per se when I was in school because I would crave it all the time. I would be in the kitchen, and you'd you'd be cooking, and then all I'd be thinking afterwards would be. Uh, where can I get pizza or where can I get burger or where can I get a chicken sandwich? And I needed to get out of that. Is that what kind of brought you to where you were in 2019? Like that carried through, through that time, like your weight just continued to grow. Yeah, it definitely, uh, continued to grow. Uh, I had stopped, uh, uh, culinary school March of, uh, no, no, uh, Oh, uh, sorry. Take it back here. October. No, okay. 20th, I was in culinary school, and I had uh, I was done March of 2018, and when I got out of there, I just began to eat more and more and more, and I wouldn't say I began really, really spiraling at its worst until I broke up with an ex girlfriend in August of 2018. And at that point on, it, it wasn't like I, you know, was uh, wanting her or everything, but the feeling of being loved by someone, it just like took me over the edge that, you know, I, I don't even love myself at this point. How can I love somebody? And I, again, I just kept feeling bad for myself and I took it out on food and alcohol until 2019. And w- which I think kind of brings us really to the the big turning point for you, you know, in, in 2019. Like, do you want to kind of take us into, I, uh, was it a trip in April? I, I think was what you had told me, like, kind of where, like, some, some experiences happened that kind of led to this next stage of your journey. In early April of 2019 myself and three good friends of mine we took a, took a trip to nashville tennessee which was going to be 
sort of like a bachelor's weekend uh, for my one friend before he got married in a few months. And we rented a vehicle and drove down there. And ultimately, everything that I were, was to do in this trip went wrong. I, we pulled up to the uh, hotel and it was a second floor room. And uh, from the very beginning, I was struggling with uh, getting up and down the stairs from floor to floor and taking Ubers. That was a challenge. Some of them I didn't even think I could fit in. And of course, it made me feel bad. And everywhere we went to go eat was a struggle, big time struggle, because seats were tough for me back then, for sure. And I remember going up, because in downtown Nashville, for anybody that doesn't know, there's a lot of rooftop bars, a lot of them. They're just littered with them. And my friends and I, we wanted to go to one, and I stopped halfway through, and I I was telling them, I was like, I, I can't go up there. I just can't. I can't go up. I can't go up these stairs anymore. And finally, uh, I, I I got a drink, and then I finished uh, the last couple floors to go up to, to the top, and I just felt like complete garbage. I was winded. I was using any excuse in the book to say that it was for something else, but ultimately it was because I couldn't handle the the amount of walking that was going on. And there was a Chicago Blackhawks game versus the Nashville Predators that my friends and I uh, went to. And we went in the stadium and I was about to sit down and I couldn't fit in the seat. Like I could literally maybe fit in for like 30 seconds without it feeling so tight and so overwhelming that I had to get up and like, I was like, guys, I have to get out of here. I have to, I'm going to have to stand the entire time. And I went to a standing room only section and stood and watched the the entire game. And luckily there was a chair over there. So I was uh, able to sit down from time to time because there was no way I was going to be able to stand for two, two and a half hours at 557 pounds. There was just no way. And uh, luckily, uh, my other friends uh, came by me and said, you know, Frank, everything's going to be okay. We're going to be by you, and we're going to watch the game where you're at. We don't need to be by that seat. And, and, and it made me feel good, even though I was feeling so down on myself. And we went, we, we left the game, and we were going uh, away from the downtown Nashville area to get a cab to go back to the hotel. And my uh, couple of a uh, couple of friends of mine, they walked ahead, and uh, there was one friend of mine that stood uh, with me because I, it was near impossible to walk uphill to get out of the downtown Nashville uh, uh, area, and told my friend told me Matt, he said, Frank, I don't care what it takes. We are going to go up that hill and we're going to do it. And it's something that I have not forgotten even today. And I'm thankful that I had that moment with my friend that he believed in me, even though I was at my absolute worst. And we, we made it up the hill. I was exhausted. And we all went back to the hotel, and the three of them went to uh, one room, and I was in the other hotel room. I went to the bathroom, and then I looked in the mirror, and I asked myself, do I want to live, or do I want to die? And it was right then and there where I came to realize that if I don't do anything about this now, I'm going to be six feet under. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's become too much of a liability for me at this point with my weight. So uh, we uh, left Nashville, and uh, five days later, uh, on April 12th, 2019, I began this journey I'm on now and loving every second of it.
that that's powerful. And and the funny thing is, like as, as you're telling this story, I remember I think one of the first DM conversations we had uh, on Instagram ever was about that experience, the the hill, you know that that walk experience that you had, and the the impact all of that had on you. And you on, on April twelfth, twenty nineteen, decided it it was time to make a change. You were you. Were, so I'm just curious because I think some people are probably I've I've talked to some guests that you know weren't able to weigh themselves. Like, did you have a scale? Is that how you knew your weight then, or did you had you gone to the doctor? Like, what what? How did you know where you were at and when you were getting started? Oh, luckily, <laughs> I guess it was uh, just uh, by chance. Got a scale with a 560 pound weight limit and just happened to weigh under 560 pounds. Yeah, there's a sign for you though, man. You know, like you're, you know, you're able to 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 see that starting point. I think that that's a really good thing. And so, what did you do starting that that second week of April? Like, how did this get started for you? I knew that I had to change everything that I did in the past because so much of what I was doing failed me and failed me miserably. And ultimately, all that work that I had put in was for nothing and i wanted to make sure that whatever i did i needed to have a plan and i needed to make sure that this was long lasting and that i can do this for the rest of my life i adopted the 10,000 seat uh, 10,000 seat 10,000 steps a day walking for myself and i just uh it, it took me 6 days to finally get to 10,000 steps but I, I I got to it and I, I felt good about it and everything over time became a little bit easier and I've done a lot of walking, a little bit of weightlifting, but ultimately the biggest thing about now compared to the past is mentally I feel better than I ever have, even at lower weights in my life. And what do you think contributes to that? Like, what got you to that point mentally? Well, I, I, I tell family and friends this uh, from time to time. You know, I, I, I can have all the, the support in the world from them, and I love it, and I'm thankful for it. But I needed to find people and connect with people that really have an understanding of what I've gone through in my life when it comes to weight. And I was... Luckily, lucky and fortunate to have found an article when I was checking my email in late April about this guy, Dustin Hall. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know on Instagram, he's Dusty Lost 300 Pounds. And I clicked on the article because it said, oh, man who lost 300 pounds, find out how. Well, <laughs> I kind of need to lose 300 pounds and want to lose 300 pounds. so. I kind of want to know how, and I clicked on it, and everything he was saying was like an exact replica of what was happening with me, and he was around the same age when he began, and I just kept thinking, wow, if I really put the work in, I can, I can really do this, and he was the first guy that made me a believer that I can lose hundreds of pounds, keep it off, and be happy with my life. And I will never forget that. And I am glad I found that article when I did. And I didn't look I didn't check up on any weight weight loss influencers or whatnot for a few months. It was just him. I would just listen to him, what he had to say, and I took it and ran with it and ultimately i am uh happy that i have found many more people that have gone through what i've gone through and yeah uh the instagram world is uh is pretty neat when it comes comes to the weight loss community and how big it is and how uh how uh nice everybody is when it comes to that yeah, I, I think everyone who listens to this show knows that I'm a huge proponent of Instagram, obviously. Like I for some reason I, I think there's a different feel to the weight loss community on Instagram than there is on any other platform. Like 
I find like Twitter, there's a lot of like just random sniping at each other and Facebook, it just seems like people are waiting for you to post something so that they can swarm and, you know, kind of come down on you where I, which I know there are people who use both of those tools and probably are really happy with them. But I, I think like, just like if, if I were to do like an unofficial poll of, of people that I talk to, like, it seems that more people tend to find that connect that sense of connection and that sense of, you know, finding real people to, to, to draw motivation from through that community. So I, I think that makes complete sense. And Dusty is a really, really incredible guy with, you know, a, a powerful, powerful story that I think it's, it, it makes complete sense to me that hearing him in his words and, and what he says, you know, would give someone that kind of hope. I think that's, that's a kind of a, one of the a magical thing that can happen in this community. And I think that's really fantastic, man. And wh where do, were you at food wise? Like let's, that, I know that's always going to be a question people ask, like how, what was your approach to food or like this time around? At, at first I was all about, Oh, let's, uh, let's uh, log all the food that I eat and whatnot. But at the beginning I realized that counting calories were, was just making me go insane. And I was just thinking about every little thing that I was making and eating. And I, I thought that if I kept doing that, it was going to be a recipe for disaster. So I just thought that if I make better choices and I try to do the three meals a day and two snacks and that everything will work into place in time. And luckily, it has so far. Let's let people know. So you've been on this stage of your journey for, you know, around, what is it? It, it would be around, we're almost to 10 months now. You know, we're almost to the 10-month point there for you, man. What, where are you at now? Like, what, what, what how, what's your progress been like? How, what's your success like now? Well, I've gone from uh, 557 pounds to 357 pounds. And around 10 months and uh i don't have any real uh you know weight loss goals as far as like oh i gotta lose this in a month or you know you know do this and do that i'm just trying to make better choices and i i want this to be long lasting and i don't care how long it takes i just want to be able to feel fully healthy and I've not ever experienced that before. No, like that's, I, I think that's a big mindset shift, like to, to now have that perspective on your journey, because it does have to be a lifelong journey. You're not that old of a guy. You know, I say that as, as a very old guy, um, you know, you're in your early thirties. Um, so there's a lot of time left for you, man. And, and it's good that you're reclaiming that time and you're down. I know when we first talked, you said, you know, I'm not, I, I don't want it to come on the show until I hit 200 pounds. You know, that's something I don't, you know, I want to know that I've, I've hit that, that mark. And I think hitting that mark is, is impressive. And I know, you know, this, you know, and I know this too, as someone who was, you know, in the, the, the mid five hundreds, like it's also realistic to look at it and say, you've lost 200 pounds, but there's still a road ahead of you. And what what I'm really curious about, man, like not how fast do you want to get to or where you want to get to numbers wise or anything along those lines. Like I, I want to stay in this place of talking about mindset because I know, you know, listening to you tell your story, you know, up to this point, like food has been something that can help you along your journey, but it's also been something that that's that's harmed you in ways throughout the years. Like what we do with food is what matters. You know, there's no evil food, but it's what we do with it. So what do you, what do you think, what are you putting in place mentally to keep you from falling back into the old patterns? Like what, what do you, what do you, what is that? I don't know if that, that question makes sense, man. Like, I'm just wondering, like, so say life throws another curveball your way. What, what is, what, I, now I sound like an idiot. What is Frank doing now to, to, prevent those patterns from from coming again because i know that's a question i get a lot like people ask me like so you know so you've lost your weight again like what's stopping you from getting it back like what's stopping you from doing that same cycle over again like what do you think 
are going to be the differences for you this time? Well, I'll give you a, a recent example. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my grandmother passed away a few weeks ago. And her uh, last time that she went to the hospital was the same day that I uh, had officially lost the 200 pounds. And in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, I lost this weight, but here's this really special person in my life that is going through something so serious. Like, how, how do I really celebrate? And I, I, I had a very inconsistent week leading up into the uh, Super Bowl. But uh, I, I keep thinking nowadays about how things used to be and what I used to do to handle certain situations. And I just try to look at the bigger picture and everything. And to think of how far I have come in this journey and how people are inspired and motivated with what I do and uh, what I say, and it's really humbling hearing the stuff that people say to me. It, it really is. And I think about all that, and I, I, I think about how if I were to gain the weight back, and then some, I don't think I can afford that anymore. There's really no wiggle room when, when it comes to me at that. 557, I mean... I, I was expecting diabetes, a heart attack, death. I mean, it just, I keep thinking that if I keep doing what I'm doing, stick to the patterns and just keep moving forward, that everything is going to go how I want it to be and to go in a positive way and that I can continue to push myself and be a happier person whether you you're conscious of it or not like one of the you you said some key words in there man that are really important for this this phase you know this this quote unquote time around like you're thinking because let's let's be let's be honest you know i've i've gone through some massive weight swings myself and when the weight is coming back and i'm back in those patterns of eating is when i'm not thinking when i'm purposely doing everything i can to avoid thinking about it like you're you're staying focused on on the big picture and what's still to come and i think that's really an important change you know that can be reflected in what you're doing and also a really important tool Do you, would you agree with that oh absolutely and i i you know just like everybody else i've had my moments where you know i will not care about what i eat for a day or two or three but ultimately I think about, okay, all right, I messed up for a few days. It's not a big deal. I get back on tomorrow, and let's get the ball rolling again. And uh, it's it's been working. Well, that, I think that's an awesome perspective, man. And one of the, one of the things, one, one specific detail of, of your journey this, this through this 200 pounds is I know, you know, I'd ask you to send me some notes on different points of your journey and pieces like that. And, you you wrote to me about at one point you act because you walking has been a big part of what you're doing. You you walked the distance of a marathon. Yeah, um, August thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Uh, it it wasn't something that I was looking to do. It kind of just happened throughout the day. Uh, I I had gotten to about like. Uh, 20,000 steps. It, it, I, I started from 6 a.m. to ultimately 11.55 p.m. that day. And I had gotten to 20,000 steps by noon, and I kept thinking, wow, I can, I can really get to the full length of the marathon today if I, if I keep pushing, if I keep uh, you know, going at this pace. Because I've I've walked 50,000 steps before, which is, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> but uh, this was 57,000 steps. And I, at the end of it, 
I could, I, I couldn't even uh, really uh, walk for like an hour. I was just like passed out of the exhaustion, but I was thrilled that I was able to walk the length of the marathon at 443 pounds, something that I, I, I tell people to this day and they still can't believe it, but maybe I did it. <laughs> that's no, that's awesome, man. Like, and to do that at, at 443 pounds, like think about, you know, the motivation and the drive inside of you to make that happen. Like that's a, a that's a powerful moment in general. Like that's a powerful day. But just even the memory of knowing that you were able to accomplish that, I think that's going to be something you're going to have to hold on to, you know, for when those times get really tough and you think I can't do X, Y, and Z and I can't get past this next hurdle. Like, that's that's something to be proud of. Oh, I am tremendously proud of it. Definitely one of my biggest non-skill victories to date. And uh, I have not attempted to walk a marathon at uh, the length of a marathon since then, but I do, I do think uh, that will be coming up soon because I'm definitely uh, curious as to uh, how I would react this time at a lower weight compared to 443 pounds. And so now you're, you're 200 pounds down, man. How is, how is life physically different for you now? The, the little things like uh, being able to walk, go to the bathroom properly, taking a shower, like all, all those things are just they're effortless now. And it's it's great to not have to worry or have anxiety about sitting in a seat or sitting in a booth or or you know think about all these limitations that you had before. And uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy the little things and appreciate it more and more every day. That's fantastic, man. So you're now two hundred pounds down. What? what comes next? Like what keeps the fire going in you? Like what, will what will keep you motivated to keep this journey going? Well, I think about all the other, uh, journeys per se I had in the past and how I would get to a certain number and then I would stop and then I would, uh, gain back all the weight and then some, but I really want to make this a lifestyle change and ultimately get down to around the 220 pound mark gain a little muscle, do, do, do some more weightlifting. But uh, when I began this journey on April 12th, 2019, I figured that this whole thing was going to get to this goal weight of 220 was going to have to take a year and a half to two years. And so we're already 10 months down. I feel like everything is going like it should be on schedule. And I'm just motivated to see how my future is. Not even just just the weight, but everything else that is has no re regards to weight that has to just do with life itself. All I was doing was existing, and now it's time for me to start living. And what does that mean? What does that mean for Frank? What does living mean? Well, to be uh, to be able to uh, support myself be able to handle life's challenges with uh, no holding back and uh, not having to go back to the ways of what I used to do and just continue to work on myself and to be the best person that I could possibly be and ultimately be a happier me. I like that, man. What, what are the things, like, let's, it doesn't even have to be weight related, obviously, but what what are the things that make you happy now? Knowing that I have control in what I put in my body and knowing that I can stop it at any time and that I have all the tools that I need to make this a long lasting change. I think that makes sense, man. And so what, Frank, you, you, you've shared your, your journey up to where you are today, like where you've come from, you know, starting out with that second grade way into the, the very many ups and downs that, that you've gone through with us. Like, what would you say? So say there's someone out there listening, you know, who's on a journey of their own or is thinking about getting a journey started, like, what are the lessons that people listening should take away from your story? Like, you, I know you said 
you want to you want to be able to share your experience you know, to help motivate people like what do you think are the key lessons that people should pay attention to that you've picked up it doesn't matter how many times you try you it's always possible for change to happen and i've gone through so many journeys and tried so many times and i've gone on several diets and it is possible if you put your mind to it and for anyone out there i would say you just need to be patient know that this is going to be something that you have to put in the effort to make happen because ultimately you put in the effort to put all that weight on and to put all those bad feelings on and now you have to put in the effort to fix yourself physically and mentally as well i i think that makes a lot of sense ben and you certainly are showing us that you're putting that effort in and you're you're making some really exciting things happen so i hope that you're proud of as far as you've come and i hope that you're certain that you're gonna you're gonna get even further and see those other goals that you're setting for yourself come true i can't wait Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, Frank, we we've we've kind of gone really deep into your, your the different details of your journey tonight and talked about kind of what people should take away from it. Like, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with the audience out there that we haven't been able to talk about yet tonight? I think we covered everything that I wanted to say as far as a uh, weight loss journey goes. Definitely, man. I I think you did a really great job diving through that for them and. I know people are going to appreciate hearing just knowing because I, I think if we look at the map, kind of the map of your story, like a lot of us that come to this place of feeling successful, you know, we had to we had to fight and fall and fight and fall and really kind of like earn this this point that we reach. And I think you're showing, you know, some some real resilience in, in terms of not giving up on yourself. So I think that that's fantastic, man. So, Frank, you, if you've listened to the show, you know that I love to end each episode with the questions that I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your, your run through them? I am ready, sir. Okay. So, first of all, Frank, living or dead, tell us who is your favorite fat guy? I know that a lot of people like to say Chris Farley, and there's people that have said John Candy, but uh, I'm going to name another comedian. Uh, his name is Ralphie May. He, uh, he um, unfortunately died in October 2017 uh, due to pneumonia. Uh, I was uh, lucky and fortunate to uh, happen to see him live and meet him after uh, his show with uh, my brother and a good friend of mine. And uh, he couldn't have been a nicer guy and uh, signed uh, all of our backstage passes, took pictures with us, and. Uh, yeah, I had a really cool experience with him and loved his comedy before I went to see him and uh, loved his comedy uh, all the way up until uh, he passed away. There you go, man. I think he's a great choice. Next question for you, number two in the Fat Guy Five. Thinking back to those days when you were you know, lost in your eating and, and things were not great, your bigger days, what was Frank's quintessential Fat Guy meal? I used to eat this all the time. At, at almost every day, this would be uh, something I would have. I would have three or four Idaho potatoes that I would microwave. And then I would put cheese on top of all that, usually the sliced sliced American cheese. I would chop up some uh, breaded chicken tenders, frozen, uh, that, that were already cooked or whatnot. Saute onions and peppers, add some French fried onions. Then I'd pour all that on top of the potatoes and then put a big dollop of sour cream. And I ate that way too often. And I'm disgusted even talking about it. <laughs> I understand that you're disgusted. I'm also drooling at the thought of this, like the, the idea of, <laughs> well, you had me a peppers and onions. Like, I don't know what it is, but I, I'll eat anything. I, I think that that has them on top. Um, especially you know a, a cheesy potato like you can't you know as much as we all move away from them at times in our lives you know you can't beat a cheesy potato it is delicious for sure for sure but obviously you know that the 
the cheesy chicken potato volcano is just you know not a part of not a part of your life anymore man not a, not a part of your life anymore that's awesome question number three we we started to hint at this a little bit but i i want you to to think about you know 557 pound frank out there sitting and listening to this episode you know someone who's out there who's in that condition who's pushing 600 pounds needs to hear a piece of advice to help them get started on their journey. What is your number one piece of advice to someone? To find people that understand what you've gone through and that you can relate to. And, you know, try to find people on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter that have lost weight, have kept it off and have a lot to say and try to connect with those people. And, uh, just one more thing, just uh, try to take everything one day at a time and to worry about kicking today's ass and going from there. There you go, man. And I know you, you kicking every day's ass is, is definitely one of those things that you, you, you talk about, you know, so that, that's really good advice. And I, I think that's something important for people to think about, like not just that idea of connection, but that idea of understanding that it is just one day at a time. That's good, man. Mm-hmm. Question number four, what person, podcast, resource, YouTube page, book, whatever, do you recommend to someone out there who needs motivation? Someone that's been very influential for me on Instagram has been Jay Arp's journey. He has uh, inspired and motivated me uh, on numerous occasions with the posts that he has. And the pictures, the before and afters, they're, they're incredible. And as someone who is a lifelong wrestling fan and seeing this guy wanting to pursue his dream in becoming a professional wrestler, I can't help but root for the guy. So, uh, yeah, if you want to be inspired, he's the guy to check out on Instagram for sure. Oh, definitely. You know, I know John really well. Like. He is incredibly motivating, and there's a couple episodes of this show. If people are just tuning in for the first time, look for the episodes with John Arpino because he, even his individual episode is just it's all complete fire, and his page is is always bringing like he he not just shares those you know kind of great before and afters and gets you pumped up and hyped, but he brings real perspective you know, and kind of cuts right through all the BS in a lot of ways. So I, I think he does. He's a, he's a great, fantastic resource for you to point out to people. So good job, Ben. And last question of the night for you, my friend. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not weight loss, health, or fitness related? Ever since I've been to, I went to Nashville on that trip, I've wanted to go back there with those three friends of mine and have the trip that we were supposed to have in April of 2019. So I would love as far as any trip I can think of or any place I can go, I would love for that to happen with my close friends and it would be really special to me. And it would also uh, help in my journey as well. I think it would uh, help give me closure on a situation that gave me so much sadness. I I think that sounds like a powerful idea, man. I, I, I love the full circle-ness of it all. So I'm really hoping that we get to see that happen for you during the next year. And if the people listening want to find out if that happens for you or not, and they want to connect with you and see how your journey's going and talk to you about your episode tonight, where can the listeners of the Fat Guy Forum find you, Frank? I am on Instagram and I am at Frank is losing weight. I try to post at least every other day. And uh, yeah, feel free to uh, send me a message uh, if uh, you want some advice or just say hi. Uh, I'm willing to talk to everybody. So Sounds great, man. And I have no doubts that people will uh, because your, your journey is, as, is showing us all that with a little effort, these, these things are really possible. 
So, Frank, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Are there, are there any last words you want to give before I start to wrap things up? Uh, I just want to thank you, Gormy. It's uh, been an honor and a privilege to, to be on here. And I thank you for letting me share my story with everybody. Well, you're very welcome, man. And I, I really appreciate your willingness to, to be open and uh, share those, those moments that are, are not always the prettiest in our lives, but really bring us to who we are and, and shape our experiences and show people that we can, we can battle those demons and, and find, you know, success and, and happiness. And so I, I'm just really, I'm proud of your experience, man. And I'm just really excited to see what comes next for you. Thanks for me. You're welcome, my man. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to the fat guy forum tonight. Don't forget to give the show a rating, if you're, especially if you're listening on, on Apple, drop us a rating on iTunes. Give us you know, as many stars as you feel we deserve and, and drop some words there because I would really appreciate that. It helps us get in front of some more eyes. This has been a really fantastic time talking to Frank tonight. I'm excited for you all to hear his story. But remember, as amazing as it is to hear that Frank has lost that 200 pounds in, in just under 10 months, you're amazing people too, my friend. So go out there, do something to amaze yourself today, and then come back, and maybe next time it'll be your turn to tell your story on the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.